0: Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the second part of our full interview with Peter de Kirit, where we discuss international treasury teams and their challenges and benefits. Peter is passionate about recruitment and chose to focus only on treasury. He mixes matchmaking with entrepreneurship, teaching, writing, moderating events, and being amazed by developments. Treasury Research is a niche recruitment boutique with a focus on interim and permanent positions in Treasury. Twelve employees worked from the Netherlands and Germany and placed hundreds of candidates. In the episode of today, expect to learn how does someone's culture impact Treasury professionals in their day-to-day job, what are the benefits of having an international Treasury team, and what about the potential challenges? Are there specific skills or competencies that are particularly important for working in or leading an international treasury team? And much more. Peter is impressive, very open-minded and quite fun to chat with. We really hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you think about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. The only way we can get more and more amazing guests like Peter and get more people to learn about treasury is thanks to you. So if you enjoy what you hear and maybe learn a things or two, please consider following the show, leaving us a review, or sharing this episode to help others discover it too. With all that being said, please welcome Peter the Kiewit.
1: So I've learned most about treasury, you don't really get treasury departments in companies until they reach a certain size, right? Before that, treasury can typically be managed by the finance functions. A treasury department is typically only there when you're a company that has some complexity to their treasury that requires that, which typically would branch internationally, which means that you deal with lots of different cultures, lots of different nationalities. What kind of challenges does that bring? Because I mean, being a recruiter in the treasury space specifically means that you're almost maybe not exclusively, but most of the places that you're placing and most of the people you're seeing going into roles and out of roles are in that multicultural, multinational environment. Yeah. And how does that make building of treasury teams different to different uh, like accounting teams, for example, and how does the Uh, cultural aspect play in that? I think this topic, I I like that you touch upon this one.
2: I think it, doesn't get the attention it deserves perhaps it's it's a it's a tiny aspect but in, indeed by default treasury is international and if you compare for instance with accounting accounting has so many more people on average so they don't feel the impact of the international as much as the treasury team which is very often way smaller and the activities are also very often cross-border and I see it doesn't get the attention and sometimes that leads to frustration. And sometimes it's just, there are other topics that dominate or people leave. So for instance, to make it more specific and tangible, I organized a round table session for European treasurers working for Japanese headquarters. And that was, that was very, very interesting. Because the whole approach to doing business is so different from a Japanese company towards a European company or specifically Anglo-Saxon company. So what kind of blew me away the first time I heard it, I was talking to a Japanese company and I, and they were based in the Netherlands. So I said, well, I, I, I assume you are also here because for fiscal aspects and fiscal optimization because, hey, that's the reality in, in corporate treasury. And this, this Japanese man said, we, that's totally not the case because we consider it an honor to pay taxes. And I really had to think, an honor to pay taxes. So his mindset was, we want to contribute to a society. We want to, we want... and And, and that's so very different from what Arvind said, is towards business that I really had to get my head around it. And, and also what you, what your for instance, saw with the people in this round table, it said, okay, we went in and we saw tons of opportunity to, for instance, sink costs because these Japanese banks, they have high fees. So they build a, a business case and they can cut costs in half. And then they present to their, to their bosses in Japan. And they hear absolutely nothing and they present again and they present again, and then they're frustrated. But the mindset in, in Japan, it's it's the, the whole concept of keeping face is like, well, hmm. Chinese or Japanese to Dutch people, for instance, the Japanese bosses don't want to, want to tell their, their employees that this plan will not fly because their relationship with their banks is already there for dozens or hundreds of years, and they will not change the relationship. So this plan will not be applied, but it's not told to the, to the European people. That of course is, is one of many examples where, where things can be very, well, let's say at least interesting. And I think this, this all, if you want to tackle it or you want to do with it, it's, it's, it all starts with awareness. Yeah. And we, and we Dutch, I'm Dutch are known to be rude, loud, direct and everything. And I think we, it's totally just so, but I see a a lot of the fellow Dutch people. uh, Well, to give another example, I had, I, I dealt a lot with Romania and there were a lot of smart Romanian people in the room and Dutch people. And what you heard was only Dutch people. And then after a while in an email, it turned out that the Romanian people had the best solution. So what the Dutch people would say is those Romanian people should speak up. That was the solution of Dutch people. But what they didn't think, um, we Dutch people perhaps we should shut up more and listen and give them the time to speak up and, and tell what they that could bring. And I think there's a there's a, a wealth of things that we can Get there, and and we could be so much better in 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 treasury and other fields. But it's very much
1: untapped. How do treasury professionals proactively avoid such situations, Peter? Like self awareness, I understand self awareness is a big thing, but it's hard to be self aware. Like I've worked with Dutch people, I've also worked with Japanese people. I tell you, the Dutch people don't realize they're being loud and and, and things. Just just out of this, that's just naturally how they're raised and who they are. Uh, they just don't realize it, but right? it's hard to be self aware like that, yeah, uh, especially in business context, especially when you have a specific problem in front of you, especially when you're a problem solving type to to try and want to find the best solution, and you work with your peers in that culture for so much, you're used to people just chipping in, like have you seen people just do it very, very well, and have you seen people start very poor and develop the skill to be able to handle that very well? i'm I think more interested in that second one
2: That's a good question. I'm pretty sure that tomorrow I have the right person for you right now. <laughs> I had a few examples there and, and don't get me wrong. No research here and no preparation. I see a lot of women doing very well here. I don't, I don't suggest, well, I don't claim a correlation, but all the examples that pop up are, are women there. And I do see that in our home market, which is the Netherlands, that there are quite a few, for instance, people from again, Romania or Eastern European people stepping up. They land, they do well, they keep their eyes and ears open and they take the best of all worlds and then advance relatively quickly. And that could be also because they bring, let's say the work ethics their how they were raised long hours uh and, and 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 blend them into the let's say more prominent communication skills uh and those two combines uh, lead to a situation that they uh pass their their local peers because and and this is also totally cliche but but from from let's say statistically there are let's say from a working attitude a lot of the millennials from Western Europe are don't spend as many hours as, let's say, the Indian, Romanian, Chinese, Japanese. And, and th- this, I say, totally without any value. So the one is not better than the other. But hey, it makes total sense. If you work more hours, you get more done. And that's visible. Makes
0: lots of sense. Yeah. So... That will be, that would be focusing on maybe the, the challenges and potential difficulties of having inherently such a structure, right? Of international treasury teams. What would be the benefits then? What, what do you see as being the driving force of such structure and cultural differences?
2: Well, uh, before we, we talked about the connection between the business and treasury, and I think same, I think treasury should, should mirror, guide, support business, it's a support function. And I think if you, if you are, if you are aware of what's happening in the business, anywhere in the world, you will be a better treasurer for it. And if you, if you at the same time support your Brazilian colleagues, as well as your Indian, as well as your Greek colleagues, and you are somehow aware of what this different in doing business means then you will be a better treasurer for it. And also I think in in well you know about banks. Banks in various countries operate in different ways. You you negotiate it in different different way and 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 there's no one way which is the best. So the local way is 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 best for that country. So so you should listen. And act upon that. So I think that's that's the the biggest upside. At the same time, you have to be true to yourself in your own company culture because also I think, especially in in current day and age, ethics and morals around the world are not the same. And it and that's that's a good that's I think you can fill a whole extra podcast about that. So let's not go in that direction, but. How people operate in Russia or in the Middle East or in the UK or in Japan. Yeah, well, that that's an interesting topic. Topic extra on top of that. Absolutely enough for a complete episode. Yeah. Um,
0: and so what would be the so we have talked a lot about skills, right? What what would be the specific skills that are important for working in? Or leading actually an international team. So I think you mentioned self-awareness that is coming back quite often, like reflection, be, being able to learn mm-hmm. yourself and evolve based on that. Yeah. You the way you talk about it, I feel listening and more precisely active listening is key. because yeah. of course, you want to well stand up for yourself and back to the group treasure example that want to evolve, be able to advocate for your own growth and evolution. But listening is a key part.
2: What else is out there that's, is necessary to work into interna- an international treasury? team? Well, what you mentioned or what you summarized is already quite a bit and quite a challenge, I think, for a lot of, uh, people. And I think the natural curiosity, constantly know what's, what's happening. Listen to podcasts like these, reading. And I think that's hard. I, I see for myself and, and perhaps you recognize this. If, if you have a job and you have a lot to do, and then you also want to follow the news and you want to follow what's relevant in treasury and its it's various countries. And in my case, it's treasury and recruitment and in your case, it's other fields. So it's also digesting vast amounts of information and know what's important and relevant and what's not, and also how, the, how this change changes. So really switching off every census for, for as of let's say 5, 5.30 in the evening, and start again eight thirty nine 9.00 the next day, I, I think that that's impossible if you if you want to move forward. But I think that also, that, that connects to curiosity, inquisitives being inquisitive.
0: Yeah, and if it's curiosity, it's also for your own benefit. You see it less as work potentially, right? So this notion of time becomes a bit more blurry.
2: Yeah, and also not very, uh, how do you say... Think beyond the obvious. Know no, no, what's happening. Not only read all the treasury magazines, but also pick up a newspaper and know about other stuff.
0: 100% makes lots of sense. Peter, obviously this conversation makes me think about uh, a hot topic, even though that's a topic that has been going on for a few years now, but diversity and inclusion. Do you see, as a recruiter, as is being more and more of a requirement from your clients. And maybe to go a bit beyond just that question, because I suspect what the answer is, how do you have that, include that into your research? And what are the clear benefits of it? If any, I suspect there is. But.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I see with diversity that it's partly very sincere and very relevant and, and successful, it's party greenwashing, but hey, that's, that's well, or variational greenwashing. Um, I see quite a few of my clients who are very active in a sense, like they said, okay, we want more women present female candidates, period. And also choose the, the female candidates. Not even the qualities are more or less the same. So that's, 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 that's a tricky part because we all know the discussion there. Do you want, yeah. Do you want to do positive discrimination? We have one client who is demanding anonymous CVs, which, and, and, and match reports, which is not easy. And, and so if you want to take out gender, age, nationality, what's left in there, there's quite a few, quite a bit taken out of the CV, but I must say that the, the results are very good, very objective, good matches there. So that's what, what I see. So there's proactive with productivity with from clients with those companies who, who have this diversity brought into their companies. I see also, uh, more stability in, in the team and also whole other topics being brought up, which in my perception are pan out very well. So I think in the aspects we, we mentioned before, let's say con- connection to, to the business, uh, stability, skills level of development, um, Diversity in bringing in people from all over the world, focusing on gender, um, uh, brings new topics that make treasury teams better and more stable. Did I do research? No. Can I mention the same examples? Yes. And also in our own team, we see with quite a diverse team, a male, female, Syrian, German, Bulgarian, Dutch. Um, it I think it makes a better, smarter team. And it's also more fun. But it could, my, uh, it could be my personal preference there.
1: No, indeed. I think it's something that's come up quite a few times as well in previous conversations, and also in I think stuff that Kim and I have seen in our own personal working lives as well. Diversity of opinion, especially, makes mm-hmm. makes always for better solutions, right? So, and uh, diversity of opinion can often come from diversity of experiences. So, yeah. definitely uh, something. So, that's a nice nice link into what we wanted to get to next, which was.